No one ever saw this coming, but here we are, bonded forever by the same ex-husband. Once arch enemies and now partners in crime, we journey to the edge of sanity to uncover the dark truth about our ex-husband. My name is Athena. And I'm Amber. And we are the creators of Ex-Wives Undercover. This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory and also backed by court records and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. If you thought Ben was a little unhinged, just wait. Let me get you up to speed on where we're at in the story. November 2018 was me and Ben's five-year anniversary of being together and a major turning point in our relationship. We had been married for just over a year, and in December, I finally had a break in my so-called investigation into all the suspicious things surrounding Ben. We had a big blow-up fight, he moved back to Seattle, and I boxed up everything in our home in Hillsboro, Oregon, and put it in storage I also had consulted with a divorce lawyer to get the paperwork started. I had reached out to both Avery and Athena and told them about what I discovered. We all still did not know about Deanna, his most recent ex-girlfriend, who had finally gotten a restraining order on Ben the month prior. We also had zero clue about the woman in Norway that he flew in to visit him in L.A., Athena and her husband immediately consulted with a lawyer as well and were in the process of creating an emergency parenting plan to protect Sydney from Ben until he sought mental health treatment. Okay, I think that pretty much sums it up. Now, on with the story, Season 1, Episode 30, In Sickness and in Health. The weeks leading up to Christmas were nothing like I imagined. Between trying not to focus on the shit show that was my life and attempting to stay strong as Ben piled on the sweet nothings to get back in my good graces, it was physically and mentally exhausting. And don't forget, I had blocked him on my phone but left my email open, especially since we were now getting a divorce and we had to have a small amount of communication until it was finalized. Going no contact wasn't really an option, unfortunately. However, at this point in the game, I felt that if I heard about one more lie he told or one more woman he cheated on me with, I was going to break. I didn't want him anymore. I was like mentally checked out and I had been for a long time. But what really, which I didn't anticipate, was the incredible amount of sadness I felt for Sydney and that me... Oh, I'm gonna cry. Um, just devastated for her. Yeah, me too. Reading this chapter and talk you guys have later in this chapter, it breaks my heart 100%. I um, bawled my eyes out trying to write this chapter because I know I saw the screenshot that we took. So we started um, not FaceTiming, but like the Instagram, like the little camp the the talking video chat on Instagram and they can make it's like Snapchat filters so I have this really funny one where I was trying to make her laugh and I have this huge like oversized <laughs> mouth <laughs> and I started laughing we were just laughing so every night we put these filters on to make yeah. ourselves laugh and and I just knew like 
I'm so sorry, baby. I'm so sorry. You're stuck with this monster. And I know. me leaving means she's really stuck with him. I don't even know if I'm expressing this right, but just the wrath of him. And like, she has no one to defend her. And how unstable he is. And I know. Yeah. So I, I think know. that was what really um, made it easier for me to listen to what he had to say. So I ended up unblocking my phone and it was like, Amber, please just please do it for Sydney. And of course, like, I'm not going to, I had all these gifts. I mean, my God, I decorated my whole house for Christmas for her. <laughs> like, like literally the day after Thanksgiving, I bought this tree and I got all these ornaments and I decorated our house um, for Sydney. And so I had to take it down literally a week after I put it up, um, I but I, I already had that. all of our gifts bought and everything. So he kind of wooed me to Seattle and he was like, please come to Forks. Please join me and Sydney um, with my family. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Four days after I uncovered everything, Ben was doing whatever it took to get me back. And that meant schmoozing my family. Little did he know that it wouldn't work on them and they knew better than to fall for his bullshit. On December 12th, 2018 at 10.05 p.m., I got an email from Ben that was also sent to my mom, my dad, my sister, and brother-in-law. It read as follows. I write this in shame as I know you guys are very upset and writing this letter is very difficult for me. I want to first thank you for how kind and supportive you have all been to me over the years. Secondly, I want to apologize to all of you for hurting my wife your daughter and sister. I was dishonest about some things in order to avoid conflict, and this stems back to my childhood and fear of conflict with my abusive stepfather. That affected me more than I ever could have imagined, and now it's rearing its ugly head as I cower from conflict, which is inexcusable. This by no means is an excuse, but more explaining where my reactions stem from. I accept responsibility regardless. In short, Amber and I had disagreements or differences in opinions, and I would basically tell her what she wanted to hear to avoid conflict, which I'm not proud of. This is something I need to address within myself and face head-on with honesty and transparency, whether it's a tough conversation or not. I have a lot to work on personally and relationships to repair. I am a good person with a good heart that made some serious mistakes. I can only use this as a learning lesson and grow from this and become a better man. I love my wife dearly first and foremost. My family, friends, and I would give the shirt off my back for anyone and all of you. These mistakes do not define who I am. I know I'm better than this. I can only imagine how angry and disappointed you must be in me as I'm disappointed in myself. I don't think anyone can be any harder on me than I am myself at this point. I know that sorry can't fix everything, but please know that I am truly deeply sorry for my actions. My intentions have always been to spend my life with my wife and grow old together and do everything that we planned. I am ashamed as her husband and your son-in-law and brother-in-law for my actions. I sincerely love my wife more than anyone in this universe and can't imagine my life without her. I am human though, and I made some mistakes. Ultimately, I am responsible for my actions and accept full responsibility. I have never been more humbled, sorry, regretful, and ashamed than I am at this moment. I hope that you all will find it in your heart at some point to forgive me. Sincerely, Ben. 
Not one of my family members responded. They were done with Ben. I only wished I was too. Remember he sent an email mm-hmm. and I remember he was apologizing for his behavior. And I remember that I never responded because at that point I was totally done with him. I, I know. didn't have anything more to do with him. I had already told you I was done with him, that he was no longer welcome. If you wanted to stay with him, that was your choice. But at that point, I was he wasn't welcome at my house anymore. I didn't want to be part of any more of the crazy stories. Um, so when I saw that email, it just didn't mean anything to me. I was over it. And I know that I didn't respond. And I know it was some sort of apology, but that's all I can really remember mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, no. To try to smooth things over. And I I remember talking to mom and she was like, yeah, I'm not responding either. Did you feel like I was done then? Or did you expect that I was going to try again? I wasn't sure because the last time I had talked to you, I remember going over to your house after work one, one evening. And that's when I told you that I was... I didn't believe things anymore. Even though he had all that document, I was, I, I was not believing it and I was done. And I remember you got a little upset and then I left. And so I, I wasn't really sure where you were at, if you were really done or, or what. Yeah. The reason I got upset is because I agreed with what you were saying and I didn't want to go back to him, but then he, he had me go to the doctor with him. And then I felt incredibly scared for Sydney. Mm-hmm. And like, how's he gonna get the help he needs? Cause I was always sort of the stable one. So to kind of like motherly almost and help him get his shit together. So I just remember like not wanting to go back but feeling bad if I didn't. Just obligated to stick it out and try to help him help her and help him I don't blame anyone for not wanting to be a part of that anymore but I remember just being really incredibly stressed out and not sure what to do mm-hmm. and so probably the anger you felt was me just being so frustrated with everything like I just want this all to go away and yeah. we were like, all exhausted by it at that point yeah I didn't it's know what really, to do it is really really difficult I will say to try to be supportive when you don't believe in something but you you want to do the best you don't want to push away the other person because mm-hmm. then who are they going to have to help them get through it so we, we were that's what we were trying to do all along is support you so that you always felt like you had someone somewhere to go someone to talk to so that you didn't feel totally alone without us but that got really hard you know oh totally so many different things had happened it's like okay am i am i being is is me being supportive actually a good thing or is it maybe a bad thing that i'm Mm -hmm. pretending to support this i got to that point where i felt like she needs to get out of this and if i continue to just be the supportive sister that I'm just enabling, enabling a possibly dangerous situation. I got to that point where I was starting to be concerned for your safety. Um, and I didn't feel like that the whole time. 
but towards the end I started feeling like okay he's starting to show he is so crazy that now this makes me concerned for her safety. Well yeah because every other day we were uncovering something else that was even worse than before. Yeah. Worse than you could ever even imagine. What both me and Athena didn't know is that while Ben was trying to woo me back, he was also wooing Avery at the same time. The problem is that I didn't keep in touch with Avery after our initial talk. She told me she was done, and I took her word at face value. I guess I assumed that if she changed her mind, she would have told me. I was clearly wrong. In sickness and in health, until death do us part. Yep, I can still remember it like it was yesterday. It's hard to forget the words that Ben hammered into my brain with his manipulative tactics after I filed for divorce in 2011. Amber and Ben's separation was bringing up so many memories for me. It might seem strange to admit this, but I actually felt happy. I was happy for Amber that her nightmare of a relationship was ending. I was happy that Sydney would not have to lie to these women ever again for her father. I was happy that Ben was finally found out for the disgusting, lying human he is. And selfishly, I was happy for me. He's very good, like you said, creating those lookbooks, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. using Sydney as a ploy, like, but your family needs you. We need you. We love you. Please, I'm ill. Please, you stand by my side. You know how sick I am. I think that's what made me so upset when he was actually diagnosed with bipolar years back and then watching him deny it to you because he hammered it in so hard. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm sick. How are you going to leave me? I, you should stand by my side while I get better. And so when he would deny all that to you, um, I remember thinking, wow, you just pick and choose your Mm -hmm. medical conditions. And when you, want to and not want to use them to better your situation yeah so fucked up and i was watching him do the exact same thing to you with all the lies ben had made up about me being a bad mother a cheater a liar a slut uneducated and so on it was like i was wearing a scarlet letter all of those years and all that mattered was that i knew who i was and i knew the truth about who ben really was and now Amber finally did too. Even though I wanted the world to know what a horrible person Ben was and have my name cleared from all of his false accusations, I felt content that at least one person who was as close to Ben as I once was now knew the truth about his heinous ways. You and I were bonding and even though I was sad for you that you were feeling all the emotions that I'd gone through and I knew how horrific it was, I just felt like I finally wasn't alone in the Ben saga because nobody would ever understand unless they'd gone through it. And it took forever for you to kind of come out on the other side and we were exposing things and understanding things. And for the first time, I think I, I don't know. It was terrible. It was terrible for you. But then selfishly, I was like, finally, (laughs) how I feel. Yeah. 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 I had a big eye opening moment. So it is like vindication, you know, is, like, is. because you were made to be, 
crazy and a liar and all those things that you said. No one wants to be called that. And especially mm-hmm. like it's a small world. Like I'm telling my friends what he's exactly said. my family, the whole town of Seattle. It, yeah. It's awful. Like uh-huh. to think that someone's saying those things about you that are so untrue. Especially when he's dating so many oh. random people. It was always like a friend of a friend that I'd run into. Oh, I was dating this girl. She said that he bought your company for you. And he, you know, this, I'm like, <laughs> exactly. what? Like, no, no. Uh, he has full custody for child. Wait, no. Like, I mean, he's such a big thing about um, libel and slander. And oh, oh, you guys are lying, even though we're not. You should be the one being held accountable for slandering. Thank you. Girl. Calling someone a rapist, calling oh, someone, I know, uh, you know, whatever all the horrible things he called you like that's more grounds of slander than anything one evening i made an impulsive decision to get dolled up and take a few pictures that might be worthy of a new facebook profile photo hey maybe even a dating app for that matter after crying for weeks and moping around in a bathrobe it felt nice to look like a human being again I certainly wasn't ready to date yet, but I wanted Ben to know that he fucked up and someone else would be ready and willing to swoop in and treat me like a princess. That lasted all of about five minutes though, because no sooner had I created my dating profile, I got a friend a call from Ben. He said he saw me on Bumble and how could I do this to him? Really? I thought to myself, what a hypocrite. Not to mention... He clearly was on the app himself. Otherwise, how would he know I was on it? Nonetheless, Ben proceeded to tell me that he couldn't drive because he was so upset and he had to pull over alongside the side of the freeway with Sydney in the back seat. He ended up getting his way and I took down my dating profile for the time being anyways. I'm going to put my signature red lipstick on. I'm going to take a super cute photo. Oh yeah. And fuck him. I'm going to feel good about myself. Yes, I've done this in the past, and I'm pretty sure most of us women have, like you said. And I was called a fuck you campaign. Yeah. (laughs) So my mom were like, oh, time for a fuck you campaign. Oh, I love it. I was in no way ready to date, but I just had this wild hair, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just going to put myself on Bumble or Tinder or something. And I remember, I was like, go after a guy. Go, good for you. You're like, I'm not yeah. ready, but I just need Boy, not. Uh, I need some attention. You know I need some good yeah. attention from a good yes. person. A distraction. Just, yes. A distraction as well. That's pretty much what it was. And I was like, I was happy you were doing that because I remember doing that. I don't think that profile was up more than two hours when I got the phone call. And he was hysterical. He had Sydney in his truck and I could hear the highway. Driving home from Forks. Oh, I remember because you had to call me because you were so worried. Yes. I thought it was going to be like suicidal. And then he told me he was having a heart attack. So he was all out of breath and like, (laughs) so dramatic. Like, like he couldn't breathe. He's like, Amber, I can't even drive. I can't even drive. I had to pull over. Sydney's in the backseat. It's so dangerous. And I'm alongside the freeway right now. I can't drive. And I think I'm having a heart attack. (laughs) That's what he told me. So and so saw you. And I can't believe you would do this to me and Sydney. How could you do this? And he, I mean, hugest, like, Oscar-nominated acting moment, fully. Well, if you're having a heart attack, call 911. I'll hang up. You call them right now. I remember um, you called me, and you were like, oh, okay, he's freaking the fuck out. Ben begged for me to come to Seattle for Christmas and then to Forks to see his family. I was absolutely not going to put on a show for them. There was no way I could fake that me and Ben were happily married. 
but I did agree to come two days after the holiday to open gifts with Sydney and talk about things. The hundreds of emails he sent leading up to me going to Seattle were meant to assure me that I had it all wrong and what I thought was happening was not the truth. They would read, I want to be very clear that I did not move on. I want to come clean about everything, so you at least know things aren't nearly as bad as you think. I did not cheat, and I'll do 10 more lie detectors. Anything you want to know I'll tell you. I'm such a wreck. I'm destroyed. My life was planned with you and you only. Can we please sit down and clear the air on everything? I did not do that. She has been out for me since I turned her down years ago. She would send messages all the time about what you and I are up to. I ignored her. She's a fucking freak show stalker and I can prove it. So, while he's sending me these messages and begging for forgiveness from me and my family, here is what was percolating in the background with Avery. Avery forgave him once again and attended a Christmas in Forks with his family. They openly talked about Ben's pending divorce with Amber, so she felt comfortable that she would be out of the picture. Avery just wanted a fresh start and felt it was important to work with Athena and mend any burned bridges Ben had with her and her husband. Extending an olive branch, she bought presents for the entire family for Sydney to give to them. She yeah. felt like he was coming clean and being honest with her, or so she thought. And, and, so, and he chose her. Yes, and that he chose yeah. her and that they were going to have a fresh start. Yes. And that Amber's gone. I am not moving to Oregon. Me and Amber are done. So I think she felt like, okay, yeah, I, I will trust that. And yeah. I want I a fresh start and we're going to move forward. And everything's out in the open now. And so I think that's when she wanted to get in your good graces because now I'm the new stepmommy. It was very sweet. It's very sweet gifts. But the thing is, he pretended that he was the one who purchased them all. He told Sydney, Ben told Sydney, not to tell us. Yeah, because he them. knew what he was doing because, behind the scene. And he was not, absolutely not allowed to be with anybody but his wife after uncovering yes. the women. He was dancing with fire at that point. He knew it. I didn't know what to expect when I got to Ben's townhouse a few days after Christmas. It felt so strange walking into the same house where he allegedly had cancer in the same living room where he tackled me to the floor when I found out about Avery more than a year prior. But I did my best and I put on a happy face for Sydney as I walked through the door with a bunch of presents in my arms. Honestly, it was just like old times. After opening gifts, we laughed and giggled as we told jokes and reminisced about our fun family memories. With me wearing Ben's bathrobe like I always did, you know, the one that was 10 times too big, we played Uno with 80s music playing in the background. We were having a blast, and for one second, I actually forgot about everything that happened. It was getting late, and I could tell Ben wanted to talk about adult stuff, so he sent Sydney upstairs to her bedroom. We chatted for a while, and as I expected, he fully denied everything. Then he called Sydney back downstairs because she would confirm everything he was saying, he told me. Now, I will preface this part of the story by saying that what transpired next was absolutely not my idea, nor did I condone what was happening. It was a very stressful time, and both me and Sydney were both ordered to do something we did not want to. I understand that I am the adult and I should have known better, and I sincerely regret my actions that day. 
He had her sit across from us in a chair, and I could immediately feel how uncomfortable she was. I didn't want to do this, but Ben persisted. He went on to explain to Sydney that she could be honest with both of us and didn't have to keep anything a secret. He gave me a stern look and ordered me to ask her about Avery. I hesitated, and he prodded me again. Sydney, do you know Avery? Have you met her before? I asked. She nodded yes without looking up at me when I spoke. She just stared at the ground and fidgeted uncomfortably. Was your dad and Avery boyfriend and girlfriend? Yes, she said. I could tell she didn't know what to do or say. Did you see them kiss or hold hands, I asked. And this time, she barely nodded her head without saying a word. I could tell Ben was not liking how this conversation was going, and he immediately interrupted and said, No, Sydney, that's not what you saw at all. You know that me and Avery are just childhood friends. He proceeded to say that what she did see was him give Avery a peck on the cheek, and that was it. At this point, Sydney was so flustered that she just got up and ran out of the room and up to her bedroom. I couldn't believe what I was experiencing. I had seen this behavior one other time with Ben, as the memory came flooding back regarding the DV charge that Athena filed in 2016. He manipulated Sydney back then, and he was doing it now. But this time, I actually could see it and understand exactly what he was doing. I felt a huge lump in my throat, and I began feeling sick to my stomach. Immediately, I jumped off the couch and ran upstairs to be with Sydney. I grabbed her in my arms, and we just held each other and cried. And all I could croak out amongst a waterfall of tears was, Baby, I believe you. I believe you 100%. It was the most manipulative, disgusting form of control over a child. And I didn't get it at first. She's done this before. And all of a sudden, I start remembering of different times that he's done it to her. So immediately, her head goes down. Like, here we go. Am I going to say the right thing? You can tell. And I just remember thinking like, I don't want to put this little kid on the spot. I don't need her to confirm what you're saying. She was there, Amber. She'll tell you nothing happened, you know? And there he is just using his own daughter using yeah. her and abusing her. Yeah. You can tell she was just like, because she trusts me. And so I, I know think she trusts like, you. And that's yes. why she was honest with you. Yes. And I'm proud um, of her for that. I am too. It broke me to smithereens, but yeah. <laughs> and now it even breaks me, but I can see what's happening. And it's like, for the first time I could see it. And when he did it back in 2016, he did the same thing with your DV and he sat her right in front of us. You can tell the oh, truth, Sydney. Really? Yes. He did the same thing and he would feed her. Do you remember you were walking down the stairs and then someone and was just waving in the window, like, hi baby. And, and then someone ripped you and took took you upstairs and you were crying and you were upset. And she's like, yes, yes. I, and she, but he fed her. So all she had to say was yes, yes. And yes. I just remember like, it's okay. It's okay. Like I trust you. And, um, but then he's looking at me like, how dare you say you trust her and that you believe my daughter over me. And so then it was just, he's mad Mm -hmm. at me. And then she just, she broke down. She started bawling. She She ran. Yeah. She got up off the chair. She ran upstairs went up to her bedroom and then I ran after her and it was awful and I'm bawling and she's bawling and I all I could say is baby I believe you I believe you don't think for a second that I don't believe you 
That man was a monster, an absolute monster. How could he do this to his own child? What else has he done to this poor little girl over the years that I wasn't aware of? I felt so defeated, but I knew that I would do whatever I could to help Athena with revising the parenting plan to force Ben into some type of treatment. Those weekends she would come home angry and rude and mean and mad and take it out on me. And yeah, um, it was so confusing. It was so confusing. And I think, yeah, I know. It just breaks my heart because I'm like so upset. And I was like just kneeling next to the bed and, and she just kind of said, Amber, I knew all along. I knew all along he was in the wrong. He was wrong. And what he was doing is not right with Avery. And I knew it. And I think she just felt a tremendous guilt that she couldn't tell me. She and that did. she felt like she betrayed me. And I was like, baby, you did not. You did not. You did what Aww. you were told. And I understand that I'm not mad at you. But I think that's where she was coming from. Was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, you know, she's nine. She's nine. I and know. she's like feeling like she did something wrong and she didn't. I know. She's supposed to trust the parent to protect I know. her. And her parent did not protect her and no. put her in this like horrible situation. He used so, her. Yes, he used her. Like he uses everybody. Yep. And so his own gain. Yeah. yeah. Selfish. So I was just <sighs> and he just he didn't he didn't interrupt us. He let us stay up there. So I'm sure he was freaking out. Like, what else is she telling Amber? But I was just beside myself. So flaming mad. And like I say in the chapter, I was like, I have no like rights to her. Like if I was her mom, I'd be like, you're coming with me and you're never seeing that man again. And I just felt so helpless. Like there's nothing I can do. And I think that was a really big um, pivotal moment of me deciding to stay with him. It was just me and her all these years. And like, I just think back at like, you know, he would always say, Amber, she wants you to do stuff with her. She doesn't want me. You So he would be able to kind of stand back and hold back. Like we'd be at Disneyland. And I remember there was like a, a band playing and she wanted to go dance and come on, you guys, let's go dance. And oh no, Amber, she just wants to dance with you. Well, he stood back and he would film us having just this grand old time, but I bet he was texting girlfriends. Oh, probably. Yeah. So, and all, I just, I think back on all these times, like it was just me and her and me and her would be riding the rides at the fair and He'd probably be texting, calling girlfriends, and it was always me and her this whole time. And I'm grateful for that. I feel terrible for you, but I'm grateful that she had you in her life. Imagine if it was just them. Imagine if he had been involved with another woman that wasn't so loving and kind to her. Yeah. Do you remember this from episode 10 when Ben tells Athena out of desperation that he quote-unquote, has a darkness within, well, he managed to pull something somewhat similar with me as well. Ben not only tells his friend the most horrible things about how mean I am for not allowing him to go out with his friend, but that I am so awful to him all the time that he tried to kill himself, and he even came close to slitting his wrists. That's when his friend chimes in defending him and telling him to leave me and what an awful witch I am and that he doesn't deserve to be treated like that. The messages went on and on and I became more and more enraged. I looked at him and I said, I've been nothing but good to you. 
I've loved you. I gave you a home and a beautiful family. Why do you want to hurt me? What did I ever do to you that would make you this mean to me? Everybody was sleeping and he just said, please listen, please listen. I need to tell you the truth. The way he said it, he was almost scared of what he was saying. To say it out loud meant it was true. And he just said, something's wrong with me and I don't know what it is, but I feel this darkness within me, this blackness. The next day, I didn't even want to look at Ben in the face as I packed up to leave. He disgusted me in every way. As we walked to my car, he said something that I wasn't prepared to hear. Ben admitted that he was diagnosed as bipolar when he was with Athena. Yeah, you know, the one that he denied the entire time we were together. He went on to say that he felt that there was more to his mental illness and wanted to get to the bottom of what was going on. He explained to me that the terrible things he did wasn't him and that he was a good person deep down. We're married, Amber, in sickness and in health, he would say. I'm sick and I need you the most right now. Please don't turn your back on me. It's true. He had a point. I did make a vow in sickness and in health and what kind of person would I be to leave? He needed me. But more than anything... Sydney needed me. And just like that, we were back together. Well, sort of. And we were making a call to Athena and Chris to share the news. Manipulation tactic. It's a ploy. That's the, yeah. It's a ploy. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. just so you'll be like, you'll stop in your tracks and reconsider. Yep. So mm-hmm. as I'm trying to leave the situation and be done with him, he tells me I'm a bad person, basically. And I don't take my vows um, serious. And then I just had this incredibly emotional moment with Sydney and just me wanting to protect her. And so I was like, okay, I will. But I said, listen, I will take you back on a very temporary basis. We will reevaluate this in a couple months yeah. because we did have, gosh, it's probably like end of April, I think, when our lease was up on the house in Hillsboro. It's like, I'll give you until that time. I will go to the doctor. I will do anything in my power to make sure that you get healthy. And yeah, I, I said, it. listen, if you put the work in and you seek therapy and you get to the bottom of what the hell's going on, then I will yes. be more than happy to write a declaration on your behalf to say you have been legitly putting in the work, but I'm not taking back what I said to Athena because you did those things and they were wrong. So I will support you in the fact of, I will verify that you are going to therapy, you're on meds, you're doing this, that, and the other thing, but that's all I will do on your behalf. So it was bad. And I know like coming home and telling my parents, they were like, ugh. And um, they did say, I can't remember if it was my mom. I mean, it was my sister. She said, I respect your decision, but he's not allowed at my house ever. So just know that, like, do whatever you want to do, but he's no longer welcome at mom and dad's house. I remember asking you, what'd your, what'd your family say to you about this one? So were you nervous to tell us? Yeah, because honestly, I didn't want to take him back. I felt like I didn't have an option. I didn't want to take him back. I just didn't feel like there was any other way to make sure he had had help, mental therapy, mental, I, I just don't feel like he would have gone and done it. 
had I not I kind of forced the issue and then just making sure that this child has it's true and and that information would never have come back to me Amber and my relationship grew every day we would talk and text daily to share stories while uncovering so many lies without fail every single conversation included the discovery of yet another new devious scheme that Ben had created in order to pit us against each other so that he could get away with one of his shameful acts. The two weeks leading up to Christmas was a busy time as always. So when I noticed that Amber and my conversations had slowed down a bit, I knew it had to be one of two things. Either Ben was manipulating Amber to taking him back, or I was just being paranoid and Amber was just like everyone else and was extra busy holiday shopping. Unfortunately, my fears became reality when I picked up my phone and read the text message she sent me. Amber wanted Chris and I to know that for the sake of Sydney and because Ben had come clean regarding his previous bipolar diagnosis, that she had decided to accompany him to his doctor's appointments that week to see if there was a chance that Ben really could get the help he needed and be a good person, a good husband, and a good father while reading her messages. I knew how faulty the court system was and that Ben would continue to be in Sydney's life. And because of that, I felt a sense of relief that Amber would be there to make sure Ben was being a good father. But I also felt sad that Amber had been roped back in. I knew how badly she wanted to be a mother, and I knew that Ben would selfishly drag their relationship out as long as possible. In my mind, that meant that Amber's time frame to move on and meet a wonderful man whom she could have children with was narrowing. Once again, Ben had got his way, and I wondered if this could be the event that changed him for the better. But boy, was I wrong. Ben was Ben. And nothing and no one was going to stop him from burning down even more innocent lives to the ground. Prior to Amber sending that message to me, Avery and I had been in communication as well. Avery had also written a declaration on my behalf to use in family court against Ben. We would swap stories, trying to get to the bottom of everything that had went on the year prior. I needed to know what exactly Sydney was witness to while with Avery and her father, and I was grateful for Avery's help. I knew how hard this all was for her too. Throughout our many conversations, I felt like I started to really get to know her. She was kind and very thoughtful and very, very sweet to Sydney. And even though it was a bit of an odd relationship between Amber, Avery, and I, we all somehow found strength in one another to stand up together and make sure Sydney was protected moving forward. I believe that's why after Amber had sent me that text message, I suddenly felt like I was put in the middle between these two women. I had an inkling that Ben might still be communicating with Avery, and now I just couldn't trust anything or anyone at this point 100%. I would just have to wait and see what would unravel next. And boy, do things unravel. So I assumed she was completely out of the picture. And so towards the end, when I reached out to you and said, we're getting back together, you had already received gifts. Did he tell you they were trying to get back together? It's um, so weird. So what happened was it came out with Sydney because Ben had said, don't lie ever again, baby. I will never put you in that situation ever. And so... She took that for face value. And so I called her, she answered the phone and then somehow, some way it came out about the Christmas gifts. I want to say, yeah, it was like right when I literally had just contacted you and said, we're getting back together. And then you're like, Amber, I have to tell you. I think something's up. Like, yeah, she was I actually found out. 
Whose family? I found, yes. I found out a few days after mm-hmm. you told me that. And I was just like, I don't want to stir the pot because he's always like, you're always fucking things up, Athena. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, fuck yeah. you. Like, I, I don't care anymore. You took my fucking, oh, I was furious. You took yeah, I remember. my daughter on Christmas went, with Avery yes. in your family after yeah. you apologize, this, that, and the other. And then you take her to be with her stepmother, who you're wooing back and now supposedly back with. We've learned about a woman from another country. That's oh, awesome. God. We find out about Deanna. That's ben awesome. supposedly is in a coma, hit by a car. Yes. Not so much, really, but yeah. Oh, yeah. So bad. this is when, actually, I think I want to say this is kind of the start when we go undercover. Yeah. Like the real undercover is. sleuthing. And you are out, 100% done, folks. Everybody. Amber is 100 yes. done. And she never goes back ever again. No. And it took me we three unite. weeks. We are the officially the A-team, 100%. Yes. I took him back cover. for three weeks. Oh, yeah. And then he said my house was broken into. Yeah. <laughs> that That's when I was really done. Oh, my God. The tiger out, motherfucker. Oh, oh my God. God. I lost this is my what shit. Juicy. I lost it's my shit. I keep saying I lost my shit, but oh, man, I really lost my shit. That's so what crazy. can we look forward to? So basically, we are going to get everyone caught up into uh, up until chapter one, really. Valentine's Day, yeah. which is the first episode of the podcast, is Valentine's Day 2019. So we are about ready to, in 31, 32 episodes, kind of come full circle. Next time on Ex-Wives Undercover. It didn't matter what I told her. She demonized me and said that I'm a bad person, basically, for not supporting my husband. And so I'm sitting there bawling. Like, did you not hear what I just said? He's a nut job. And every single night I'd write in my journal about his... crazy behavior and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And there's a couple where I said, um, I think he's going to kill Athena. I just remember Boogie being cowered on the side of the bed, scared to death, shivering, shaking, because this big, huge man is on top of me. I'm face planted face down on the bed. Then that's when I start really getting like suspicious because she's like, yeah, I just took that call. I was like, my house got robbed and you guys called my husband and um, can you tell me, like, is the police there right now? And she's like, um, she's like, I'm confused. I just took the call. She's like, that doesn't make sense. What are you talking about? So then I'm like, oh. so this was a basically stall tactic. He was going hundred miles an hour, weaving in and out of traffic. I thought I was going to die. The fucking camera. No, I won't. You're acting like a crazy person. You're going to kill us. You're going to drive me to Portland. And then you're going to get the fuck out of my life for good. You're sick. Just stop. 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 Please. Just stop talking. And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review. And make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com.